Welcome to the Forever 80s podcast, hosted by Liz Worth, where we talk to fans, artists, collectors, and more about all the things we love about the 1980s. Hey there, welcome to the Forever 80s podcast. This is Liz Worth, and I am here today with Kylie Kubat, who has a really interesting intersection of passions when it comes to the 80s. Kylie, I'm really excited to talk to you. You are a realtor and a musician. Trans Am enthusiast as well, from what I understand. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Um, it's such an honor to be on your show, and I really appreciate it. It's really oh, nice to meet you. Thank you. It's really <laughs> nice to meet you too. Um, tell me, what first got you interested in the '80s? Well, I've loved the '80s. Oh gosh, since I was like really young. Um, I think it started, you know, growing up on the Gulf Coast. There's a lot of older condos. And I remember like, you know, riding with my mom in the back of her car, you know, and you're looking out the window, you know, you got nothing else to do. And, and you see these old condos. And, and I just remember they had these big murals on them that were like neon colors, you know, sailboats. And I was just really drawn to it. Um, but really, there was a point in my life that like really sparked the 80s. And it was when I was like about second grade. And um, we'd go to the local library and my mom would buy these old books. And she'd be like, pick out a book, Kylie, you know, which one do you want for the week? And they had this room with National Geographics. And there was this gold one, like a holographic cover. And you know, all the rest are just yellow. And I was like, I want that one. <laughs> and, and we pulled it out and it was 1988. And it was a 200 anniversary of it. And so I just remember as a kid so vividly too, just looking through the pages and I didn't really care about, you know, being in second grade, I was interested in the animals, but, you know, reading a lot, you know, I was second grade, but I love the advertisements and the fonts and the old cars. And so ever since then, I just, um, I just love retro vintage, everything older, but I particularly love the eighties because it just, um, I'm just drawn to it, just attracted to it. But that's kind of when it started. <laughs> hey, and, and you were not born during the 80s, right? No, ma'am. I was born in 2001. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just again, to give our, our listeners a sense of, of what your context <laughs> is, right? Because that I think um, is, uh, is also, yeah, important for people who are listening is to kind of know what, what your different reference points are uh, for the 80s. And this is one of the things that I find so fascinating when I talk to people for the podcast is that uh, there are people of all generations who love the 80s, whether they were there or not, or whether maybe they grew up through other decades as well. Right. Um, but there's something about that time that so many people keep gravitating towards. They do. And and just meeting people, you know, on social media and just every day, it's so amazing how many people love the 80s and how they appreciate, you know, old yeah. culture and, and things like that. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned condos. Was architecture is something that you were always interested in as well? Yes, ma'am. Um, art, I was always an artist. It's funny because as I get older, I learn about my mom and dad's side. You know, my mom's side was always sports people. And I was the artist as a young person. I just loved to draw and uh, love music. And my dad's side, um, he was into architecture as well and music. And it's funny because um, we weren't actually 
I wasn't actually raised by my blood related dad. I was raised by another dad that I love so dearly. But um, my blood related dad, I met him. And it turns out we were exactly the same, like the same art, the same, you know, postmodern art, very contemporary geometric shapes, you know, like the 80s. Um, we, you know, like Frank Lloyd Wright. So it was really cool to see that, like, as a genealogy thing. Um, and of course, I, you know, love him too, you know, but it's just really interesting to see um, how architecture kind of. I just love, I guess I was born with it. You know, I, I always, you know, drew from a young age, but. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> what are some of the details about buildings from the eighties that you appreciate the most? Oh, the smell. <laughs> I, I love like the visuals, you know, I'm a very visual person. So I do love, um, I kind of like to segment the 80s and like, okay, you have, you know, the early 80s, the mid 80s, the late 80s, you have the pastel aesthetic, you have the dark aesthetic, you have, you know, um, and so I guess visually, you know, seeing a condo and, you know, the pastels are awesome, you know, the mauves and the soft colors and the carpets and the rattan. And, you know, then you have the dark 80s, which is more of the early 80s, like the cedar and the, you know, emerald hunter green carpet and things like that. But um, with architecture, it's there's a lot of like masculinity with it I feel like with the shapes because everything was very sharp edged um of course later on you did have the curves you know like art deco um but um then there's this feminine touch with the decor you know with the pastel flowers and and floral wallpapers and things like that so I guess it's just the blending of the different colors and, and the smells too of course the cedars and and the materials used back then so that's pretty much and you know it's, it's a visual and a, it's a lot of sensory different things like that but um <clears throat> now how much of it is based on you your geography as well because you're in Florida right and you yes. know I live in Canada I feel like you know very different <laughs> awesome. very different uh types of places we don't have a <laughs> any place <laughs> warm or beachy as yeah. Florida right so when once you get into the U.S. you know you have so many different types of cities and so many different uh, weather systems as mm -hmm. well. And uh, in Canada, you know, we have all four seasons yes, across That's the nice. board. And, uh, <laughs> but I do think that these things influence how our cities look and how our buildings look. And uh, so I'm curious, you know, if, if I were to travel to where you are, would I see a lot of different colors in old condos from the 80s? What would, because here we have a lot of uh, old condos, but they're like, they look mm -hmm. like concrete bunkers, the older ones, and the new <laughs> ones are all these, mm -hmm. these kind of glass towers uh, mm -hmm. that they like to build. So there's a chilly feel to those ones. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Definitely. Um, you know, I, I really want to travel more outside the U.S. and things because you see, you know, things you've never seen before. Um, but, you know, down here, I guess at the beach and the buildings definitely reflect our nature environment. And, you know, you go down to South Florida, you go on the Gulf Coast side and there's silver sands. And where I'm from, it's sugar white sands. And then you can go to Hawaii and there's, you know, the black sands, which I love so much too. And I think that geography definitely affects, you know, the places. But I also think it's the culture too as well. I know Miami, you know, I love Miami and the Cuban culture and the vibrant, you know, colors and, you know, the Art Deco buildings, it's so beautiful and it's so fun and it's so festive. And it really, you know, talks about, you know, the people that are there and, and, and that, you know, with the people and the buildings and the music and the culture, it's one. Um, and so here, you know, 
there are regulations where, oh, you know, you can't have bright colors. It does have to blend in with the environment. So I think that pastel type, you know, sandy colors, whites, grays, uh, reds, you know, dark reds, um, it does comment a lot on, I guess, a very peaceful beach area, you know. Um, but I did, you know, I do travel to a lot of places, New Orleans a lot, um, you know, South Florida, of course, and Tennessee and Colorado, you know, different places. And 80s buildings, they kind of, you can tell it's 80s, you know, they're, they're kind of like a family. And I'd love to go to Canada. And, you know, you can tell what's 80s. There's definitely like, you know, something in common with them. You know, I guess like us in the 80s, right? You know, yeah. perm hair and, and shoulder yeah. pads. So they, they all kind of share something, even though they're built from people who, you know, had different backgrounds, you know, lived in different places. I know that we have a condo called the Eden and um, the developer was influenced by some condos in, in France. And he went and stayed in them for months. And, you know, he said, I, I just love the luxury. I love the design. It was 1970, you know, and it was... um resembling like a, a sail, you know, a staggered white, several different buildings and in a wave type pattern with terraces. And he said, I want to bring that to Pretty Do Key. So he brought the Eden, which is designed by French architects. So that's like, you know, totally different influence. And but yet it it fuses so well with our area and, and more of that glamour type, you know, feel that people want to stay in. So Geography definitely <laughs> plays a big role in, in sharing that experience and culture. You know, you design something and you're bringing your, your piece of your life and somebody stays in it and they experience a little bit of you and they bring a little bit of their story too. So that's what's so pretty about condos and communities. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah. So you have, a, you have an interesting goal as a realtor <laughs> in that you are wanting to to be a representative for all the 80s condos in your area right <laughs> yes ma'am yes ma'am <laughs> i do and and hopefully for you know across the nation as i get to travel more and and mm -hmm. just really um you know because as we move through time you know buildings become historic and i think the 80s should be um respected just as much as you know because that architect that developer that contractor you know he poured his heart into that building and and I think as we move forward, you know, the 80s, I hope people will see appreciation for it, you know, and I think it is happening, which I'm so thankful for because it's art, you know, it's somebody's baby. And, and so, yeah, so I hope to <laughs> make awareness I that people look that. at it and they're like, that's not just a condo, that's, that's a person, that's a spirit of, of somebody, of, you know, mm -hmm. culture of a people. <laughs> so. Yeah, I love that so much. You know, I, uh, I'm originally from Toronto and um, what, what, is happening in Toronto. I that's that's where I always grew up. And uh what's been happening there the last 15 years or so, and one of the reasons that I, I moved was that um they were tearing down, they're tearing down a lot of old buildings there. Oh, and then they're wow. putting up uh a lot of condos, but they're all glass towers, so they look exactly the same. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it, there's been a strange feeling in the air there, I think, for a lot of people who are from that city or who've lived there for a long time, where you start mm -hmm. to feel like all of your favorite things and all of the history that makes a city a city is starting mm -hmm. to get taken away and replaced with something that looks just like everything else. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so I'm curious, you know, because I know that's, that that type of development isn't exclusive to Toronto. It's happening in other major cities all over the world. Um, I'm curious what, what your thoughts are on, 
on this part of human nature that sometimes wants to just constantly improve upon the past or mm -hmm. erase the past in order to get into the future. It's kind of the mm -hmm. opposite of what you're talking about in terms of appreciating what's there and preserving what's already there. Yes, ma'am. It really is. It is happening everywhere. Um, I know that, you know, especially growing areas, um, you know, people, they want to move more people into the area. So they think, okay, we need more housing. We need more, you know, and then that drives, you know, market prices higher. So then you have people that, you know, in such a luxury market, they're like, well, you know, this is too small. It's too old. Why don't we just tear it down? So then you get into this mindset. And I think that, you know, it does happen everywhere down here. Um, not so much with condos and I hope not yet, you know, in other parts of Florida and, you know, up the East coast, it, it is happening. Um, just because there is that flow of money, you know, in, in the luxury market that, that can say, okay, I can buy out that condo and, and you know, or neighborhood and, and move it, you know, destroy it. But, um, I think that, um, you know, with us, it's happening with houses, but I just, I really think the historic significance and, and, and people, I'm hoping that they, you know, cause we do live in such a throwaway culture too. And I think that that goes along with it is like, oh, we can just tear it down and, and make it our own instead of saying, okay, this, you know, I'm buying into somebody's work and, and yes, I can retrofit it, fit it in the way I want, but I think just people, they, I think it's awareness too, because people really don't know what they want until you, until you tell it, until you tell them, you know, until you sell it to them, basically, you know, people can, you know, they look at a building, they, they listen to a song, they see a jacket and they're like, that's so old. We don't like that. And then the next year, you know, it takes one person to, to change their mind and then, and then they love it and they admire it. So I think, I just think it's, it's, um, it's nostalgia. And I think it's, uh, you know, sensitivity to, to appreciate things like that. I don't, you know, with developers, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, I'm really young now, but I have talked to a lot of developers and architects and they're like, we did that 40 years ago, you know, what are you talking about? But then the next time I talk to them, they're like, okay, you know, that's a pretty cool design, you know, from the eighties. So I think just, um, you know, having that awareness and making those connections with people and because um, we're all just people. And so if some big fancy developer, or, you know, city official, you know, wants that building torn down and, and you can, you know, make, you know, bring, you know, people together and, and try to make them see the beauty. I think that's possible. I really do. Even though mm -hmm. money's hard, it's hard because people, you know, if it's, if it's cheaper to tear down and me, you know, I'm in Auburn building science. I actually graduate in two weeks. Thank God. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> but, <laughs> thank you. But, they, but they teach us about, uh, building life cycles. And it makes me so sad because you built it and then you have to plan for, you know, demolishing it. But I think an interesting, you know, contract work would be, you know, keeping it alive as long as possible and using new technologies too to make it energy efficient, but keeping that, you know, materials and design. Right. So there's things that can be done, you know, it's just a, it's just a people thing mostly. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Uh -huh. about, you know, trying to save cities and things like that. And I hope, I mean, New Orleans has done a great job, you know, and, and where I'm from, downtown Pensacola, and, you know, it's just mm, changes. You know, I don't like, I'm like on that complete opposite. And, then, but, you know, you have to be in the middle, of course. You know, sometimes it's bad to be, the, you know, but yeah, I'm just a passionate extreme, like, don't tear it down. <laughs> but 
But yeah, I think I think those of us who are really interested in vintage culture and history, we always feel that way, right? We're always mm-hmm. like, it's so great the way it is. Why do you want to change it? And and you're right, not everybody sees the beauty in these things. And uh, and sometimes, you know, where we see history and the past and someone else's stories, other people just see an opportunity for change, right? So it's yes. yeah, it's it's kind of <laughs> figuring out how do we all, you know, how do we all coexist together with these conflicting opinions um how do you how do you find this with clients do you as a realtor i would imagine that not everybody's interested in uh old things either right there are probably a lot of people who want that modern you know the modern look Um, i think right now it's like stainless steel kitchens mm -hmm. and all of that yeah (laughs) yeah clients definitely you know i i just uh want to make the clients happy so of course i do say you know we'll go show properties and there'll be something that's out of you know totally from the 80s and i'm like oh i love it like one time we saw this house (laughs) and it was in gulf breeze and it was built in 79 and it had this room that was all the shower like I'm talking probably a 10 by 10 room that was just a big tub tiled to the wall you know total 70s and probably could fit 10 people in the tub and I was like I would so keep that and they're like no you know but um with clients you know it is about making them happy um but I I still try to sneak it in there and with some of my projects I've done with architecture and design, I do like to send it to them because they become your friends, you know, they're friends before clients. And, and so, you know, and I ask their opinion just to see, and, and um, I sneak in, you know, some marble from the eighties, you know, pink and, and dark wood and white contrast, and they end up loving it. You know, <laughs> um, there might be some things they say, but like a s- sunken living room, you know, some people are like, Oh, well, we're older, you know, we don't like, stepping down, but that's something that's so seventies and eighties, you know, characteristic. And, um, but the younger people tend to really love it. They're like a sunken living room. We love that. So clients, I let them, you know, what they want is what they want, but I'll still try to just give my opinion. And, and that's, that's usually what I try to do, but yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> I think that's, that's perfect, right? You lead them there. They can make their own decisions, but at least they have the opportunity to see some That's alternatives, right? right? <laughs> yes, yeah. <I> am. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so you, right before this interview, you were shooting a music video. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, ma'am. It's, it's such a rock star move. It's like <laughs> I didn't know what I was like. I love it. <laughs> um, so let's let's talk about this because this is another you know it's another interesting thing about you, right? I love you. Know, you have you're you're like this multi passionate person who's doing the eighties in so many ways. Thank you. Um, so I I you know honestly. I, the first 80s musician, well, my mom always loved Stevie Nicks. So Stevie Nicks was in my heart and soul, but I branched out and I loved Madonna. And some people are like, oh, Madonna's so basic 80s or whatever. But, you know, I still love Madonna just because she had the confidence and she just did what she wanted. And honestly, she made me more of a Catholic. That sounds crazy, but, <laughs> but you know, I was already Catholic, but it made me proud to, you know, be able to be kind to people and, and wear crucifixes and then be proud of my faith too. But love Madonna. So Madonna, and then I started meeting the 80s community, um, like Violet Sky and Raymond Leslie. And um, it was really cool because I did not know that existed at all. I tried to be away from social media and just kind of, because it was getting so like, 
crazy with work and school and social media, but I realized how awesome it is and how many people love the eighties. And I was like, Whoa, this is so cool. And, um, they really inspired me a lot, especially when Violet Sky went out with her new song. And I was like, that's so awesome. Like she's out there living the eighties and, and, you know, just like Madonna, like just proud and loud and beautiful and inspiring so many people. And, and then my friend, Janelle, I love Janelle. And, uh, you know, we would always talk about music because he was like, I really, one day my dream is going to come true. And, and he's releasing his music too. And he's into um, like a techno rap, which is really awesome, really cool stuff. And um, I was like, they just kept talking to me about music, music, music. I kept seeing it. I was like, I think I'm just going to do it. You know, I'm kind of shy at first. I was like, oh, and then I thought, you know, I'm going to do it. And I'm, I'm going to, you know, Jimmy Buffett was a big inspiration on me. And it was like, Jimmy Buffett represented, you know, our area and this lifestyle of like freedom and the beach and fun. And then Violet Sky's like, you know, fun and dance and eighties, you know, a night on the town. And, you know, Madonna's like, you know, free, this is my life. And I thought, I'm going to do about condos and hopefully the condo owners will see their condo differently, you know, and, and everybody that visits it. And I was like, I'll just make 80 songs about 80s condos and, and try to really capture the aura and the lifestyle of it. Of course, it's a little exaggerated because to me, the 80s, you know, you just live like dynasty. You live like a pop star, you know, you might as well. You know? But it's still it, it, it just makes people I think um, hopefully it'll make people appreciate their condo more and the beach and, and hopefully they can escape to that world, that 80s world. And that's what I wanted to do music for. Um, I always love dancing and, and I love Latin freestyle music. I really love, you know deep cuts and, and, you know, remixes and stuff. And, and so, um, that's, that's kind of how, and now I think I'm going to try to make a song about every condo. And if it's from the two thousands, it'll be a 2000 song. If it's from the nineties, it's going to be nineties, you know? And so we'll see how that goes. Oh, <laughs> if wow. people like it, they like it. If they don't, you know, at least I can just, um, hopefully inspire somebody and, and make a, make the condo smile. I don't know, you know, but um, so this is like, this sounds, this is a conceptual project then. Yes, ma'am. Wow. wow. That's incredible. It's I love just... the idea. Yeah. It's so, well, it's because you. it's so specific, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of random, but yeah. it's really niche, you know? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> no, I love, I love stuff like that. I love, you. you know, yeah. Um, getting really creative about concepts and having something so thematic, uh, and taking inspiration from, yeah, from your environment, your world, right? All of these <laughs> these places that you're out interacting in, uh, I think, is you know a, a really uh, a really interesting way to engage the creative process. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're so right. And uh, and today I was working on um, Phoenix. I I finished the first song, Condos by the Sea, which was like, can I even sing? You know, type deal. And I was like, okay, you know. And I really wanted it to be more like the song. And another thing is, is I was trying to find music that, like, there's so many '80s songs, and I was like, I want to find more '80s music that's not been done. So I was like, I'll just see if we can make something. And and um, so Condos by the Sea was first, and and that was like a Latin freestyle, you know, 87, 88 vibes. And then um, now I'm doing Phoenix, which is like an 80s pop rock, like mid 80s, kind of Samantha Fox, kind of Scorpions type deal. So Phoenix and the Phoenix condos, we have like 30, over 30 buildings. Bretton Robinson is the developer and they're really awesome, kind people. And so I hope, you know, it makes them kind of, 
you know, it's like, oh my God, Phoenix, because they're so into their brand and, and the Phoenix buildings and, and, and the logo and stuff. So, so Phoenix, and then, you know, there's a couple others that will be freestyle, pop, um, Ninjack Swing, just anything, you know, that, that looks like the building. To, to me, if, you know, if you close your eyes and, and you saw the image, what would you hear? So kind of a fusing of, of visual audio. But that's so cool. Yeah, matching the, <laughs> the energy of the place, <laughs> the sound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so tell me then, what are you? Yeah, you you know, you'd mentioned a moment ago you weren't sure if you could sing. What what's your, your musical background, I guess? Are you self-taught? Are you just diving into it all? What's your process around that? So I um my mom, you know, when we were all kids, she would she would pretend like we were Fleetwood Mac. So all my sisters, they weren't my real blood sisters, but I hung out with them every day. And and um we would get together and you know, some would be on the drums, some would be on singing, and there wasn't really any like practice, but she would really kind of push like I mean, she was so open, to, you know, we could do whatever we wanted, but it was like trying to do everything, you know, and just experience it all as a kid. And so I think the only real musical background, my dad played guitar and bass, electric guitar and bass and acoustic. So he was really talented. I don't know how to play anything yet. I did get piano lessons, but I was young and didn't appreciate it. Now I'm like, dang it, I should have <laughs> pursued that. But, but I sing in the choir at my church and that started the music, the singing. And so that's another thing too, that I think pushed me to sing as well. And, and I didn't even want to, I, my first job was Publix and uh, I was going to church. I turned 16 and recognized somebody from Publix. My, I loved him. His name was Vince. He's such a sweet man. He's passed away now, but um, oh, he was so awesome. He was like, you got to join the choir. And I was like, whoa, I'm not joining the choir. He's like, no, you got to be here 915 next Sunday. I was like, Fine. So I went and I loved it. And that kind of, and, and practicing and warmups and learning notes and being on key. So that helped a lot, but I'd still like to get, you know, more lessons because, you know, we're always changing and, you know, transforming and trying to be better versions of ourselves. So I would like to take more voice lessons because I have a raspy voice and it's like, oh, you know, I can't, you know, it's kind of hard, but, <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, no, that's, I mean, but that's also part of, I think, the creative process as an artist, right? Yes, you yes. you have to start somewhere and right. you can always change and improve and adapt. It becomes a skill, but it's also learning, yeah, learning what you want to do with your voice too and, and how yes, you want to make it work, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think too, there's something charming about like not incredibly changed changed or trained voices because like Tina Marie oh my god she's incredible you know Mariah Carey Whitney Houston but like early Madonna like I just I really love that just passion and kind of like because it and maybe because it's easier for me to sing but there's something so pretty about just raw voices kind of natural sing-along type stuff that I, I find kind of pretty too you know or if I'm yeah. really pretty I really like it but <laughs> Yeah. Well, um, I, I interviewed Violet Sky uh, for the podcast uh, recently as well. And, and for anyone who's listening who hasn't heard that interview, it's up if, if they want to check it out. But, uh, but Violet uh, also talked about that, right? That there's something about 80s music that wasn't always perfectly polished mm -hmm. and, and something about the whole 80s aesthetic that, that wasn't perfectly polished, right? People right. could look how they looked, uh, mm -hmm 
there weren't a lot of, you know, no filter on anything. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. It was, you know, yeah. everyone's kind of doing their own thing and, and, uh, and working with what they had mm-hmm. um, because technology was different. We didn't have as many opportunities to kind of tweak uh, our music either. Right. So, right. Um, so there is something that that raw quality, I think that, that makes um, the eighties really authentic, but, uh, but I think too, it's, it's, uh, it's a great source of inspiration for that too, because it gives you permission to, to, yeah, to experiment and explore and, and just right. see what happens. Right. You're so right. That, that That's so right. The eighties was so like, it was so natural and it was so raw and it was so just be you, you know, mm-hmm. just be natural and be yourself. And that is something about the eighties. That was really nice. And that analog, the warmth nowadays, I think we do have too much technology. Honestly, I just, you know, we had, you know, the eighties had just enough and it, there was beauty. There was beauty of that. There really was. And, and the human nature and just, just natural beauty. Yet there was so much eyeshadow and, <laughs> and, and it, it's almost like, it's a strange, like, it's almost like an oxymoron kind of, cause it's like, you know, like the eighties was all about, technology in a way like computers you know computer you know synth and things like that and and you know futuristic type things but yet it was so like real and raw and natural and organic and now it's like actually techno you know ai you know actually computers but back then it was like this opposite type deal which just made it really cool (laughs) same thing with architecture too there was like a like a futuristic type you know vibe yet it was just people you know they didn't have laser scanners to perfectly measure things you know you can see where people were putting the grout in you know hand each tile so it's just things like that in the 80s it's just nice Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah there's less less to hide behind I think in that Mm -hmm. way um you know when I when I was growing up, there's a show in Canada that was really popular called Degrassi. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. There was uh, it, it, they've they've had other other iterations mm-hmm. of it um, since then, but the original Degrassi it was uh, it starred teenagers and none of them were trained actors. They were just regular kids, but they Whoa. all looked really normal, and that was mm-hmm. part of the appeal of the show and part of why it became so popular was that. They, you know, they didn't have a lot of makeup. They weren't um, Hollywood beautiful. Mm-hmm. They were just, they just looked like any any other kid. And so um, a lot of kids gravitated towards it because you could kind of see yourself in there, right? Right. And, I love that. Yeah. And like, that's, you know, that's what I think of when I think of that 80s aesthetic is, mm-hmm. uh, is, is yeah, you could, you could just be a regular person and, and, <laughs> Yes. And it was okay, right? Now it's yes, so much striving sometimes to be mm-hmm. something else, to look another way, to sound another way. Yes, uh, and I think that's really hard on people and it's hard on the culture that we're in right now. Yes, ma'am. Definitely. Definitely. Especially, yeah. And it's just, you know, people, you know, they can do whatever they want, you know, to to do whatever, you know, with the technology we have now. But um, yeah, just, just being happy. But in the 80s, that, you know, that everyday kid, it was... It was so easy just to be you, you know. It sounds like your mom has been a really big influence on you and and your interests and the shape of your identity. Yes, ma'am, definitely. She um I think I guess I'm really uh family and, and friends and different developers people. I guess I just really love people. <laughs> and so they um they inspire me in so many ways. And 
I guess I just see something like a little piece of them. And, and I'm like, I want to carry that legacy. You know, they're older than me, right? They experienced the eighties and it's like, well, as we get older, how are we going to continue the eighties in what way? And my mom definitely, she was, she is so creative and she's kind of like, like the very strong, bold personality, you know, she does what she wants. Like Madonna, I really admire that, you know, <laughs> cause I guess as a kid, you know, I was, you know, quiet and, and, you know, reserved. And then you see that it's like, whoa. And, and it, you just take a little piece of that and you, you know, it changes you and it, it inspires you. And you're like, that that's a piece of my mom. That's a piece of my dad. That's a piece of, you know, Tom Nonnenmaker, Bill Leilani. You know, I got that from him, you know, different things like that. But yes, ma'am. <laughs> Why do you think the eighties are so popular with so many other people? I think that people, well, I guess people that lived in the 80s, for them, so like generation, you know, baby boomers and generation um, X and things like that, for them, it's like they were a kid or they were young and they had the most fun in their life. And so they go back to experience that and to relive that fun. For my generation people, um, Gen Z and millennials and things like that, I think that, um, I think it's just, I think it's just, um, I think it's just like a, there's something so like human, like, like relationship wise. And I think that getting like, like if we had a club and we could go out to the club and meet people and, and dance together and, and have fun. Like we don't have that now, you know, nobody goes to the club, at least where I live or, or even, I mean, big cities they do, but it's just not like, it's it's kind of cold, kind of like everybody's by themselves. But I think the '80s there was a sense of community with it, and that's why that's why I think people like all the '80s people like yeah we still have social media and we still get on our phones and stuff. But you know you meet people and you relate to them and 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 like you said it's such a like like the eighties was so free. And so you can just relate to it and you can just be yourself. And there's so many people in the world and they all of them can be themselves. And you come into the eighties community and it's like, we just, we just click. And I think that's why the eighties was, it was fun. It was happy. It was a happy time. Um, there were bad things going on, you know, but things we learned from. And now that we're in 2023, you know, we learned from that. So now we can say, okay, let's make it the eighties, but even better you know, still have that love and, and, and fun and connection, but not the bad things that happen, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, in, in a way, I guess that's how I could, that's how I feel, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no wrong answer with the question. Yeah. I'm always curious to ask because I think there, there are probably a lot of different reasons. Mm -hmm. um, you're not the first person who's talked about the that feeling that maybe people were more connected at the time, which I always find ironic because I, you know, we live in this era that's supposed to make us more connected than ever. Right. Mm -hmm. You're so right. Yeah. We we're supposed to be so connected, but we're so, I think we're the most disconnected. I think writing a letter to somebody like their handwriting, the smell of the paper, the type of paper, the type of pen, um, you know, somebody you love, you draw a little kiss box, <laughs> you know, those things, yeah, it took a long time, but I just feel more connected by that than, than just a text. Phone calls are cool. Um, and in a way it's almost like too much connection. 
Because like back in the 80s, you'd have to go and grab the phone. <laughs> and now you have it right there. And you're like, oh, I can enter them back in a little bit. And then you're like, oh, I really wish I could just talk to them now. But if you actually took the time like to go to the pay phone, you know, and it's like, so I guess little things like that about the 80s is, um, is yeah, it's, it's not overwhelming because the technology is overwhelming now. And there's this weight on us where it's like, we have to be around people all the time. You know, we have to be connected. Sometimes it's good to be by ourselves. In the 80s, there was that balance too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you think that you're always going to have this passion for the 80s? I know this is always a weird question. It's like, who knows what's going to happen in the future, right? But do you, do you really feel like this is part of your identity long-term? Yes, ma'am. I do. I really do. And, and you know, because... <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, I think, I think everybody who loves the eighties, I think as we get older, we just, just keep, I just going to keep loving it and keep it. I do think some people ask me cause there are some houses that, um, are being built and they have the mono, mono pitch roof with the Claire story windows and they have the wood siding like the eighties and they're contemporary. And they're like, Kylie, what if the eighties comes back? Since you're always doing the opposite, will you, you know, drop the eighties? I'm like, no, <laughs> I won't. But I do think in the 80s, there was a lot of 60s influence. There was a lot of 50s influence, you know, 70s. So I think looking back at those decades too, um, and, and kind of shaping how you would be in the 80s, because who knows, we probably, you know, all these 80s people, we all probably lived in the 80s at one point. And I guess we came back and that was our past life. But, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but um, I do think, you know, I always, you know, they never be with the crowd, but, you know, don't lose who you are. And if the 80s does come back and just as life goes on, just be an artist and yeah, be you, you know, <laughs> keep <Yeah>. loving the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> I love <laughs> that. <laughs> like there's so many artists and houses, like they're so, I think it's, I think it'll last our lifetime and hopefully the next people and, you know, this is awesome. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Well, Kylie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. I'm really glad we could connect. And uh, it's been so great hearing more about your music and your career and all the things that you're doing. Where can people find you if they want to check you out after listening to this? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, y'all can. Um, I do have an Instagram. It's 80s Condo Queen, 80S. And um, I do have Facebook. <laughs> and y'all can, um, I have a personal page, Kylie Kubat, and I also have a business page, 80s Condo Queen. Um, and then I also have Kylie Kubat EXP Realty, which is more of my real estate page. Um, and if y'all want to come to the beach, <laughs> I can recommend condos to stay at. And uh, <laughs> and I'd love to meet, you know, people and, and drink coffee and, you know, do go out and do things and experience the 80s. So, um but thank you so much for this. Yeah. I will eventually build an 80s condo and then all the 80s people can, can we'll stay. have to come move in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Kylie. And thanks to everybody for tuning in to the Forever 80s podcast. This is Liz Worth, and I'll talk to you again soon. You've been listening to the Forever 80s podcast hosted by Liz Worth, where we talk to fans, artists, collectors, and more about all the things we love about the 1980s. If you like this episode, let us know. Hit subscribe, leave a review, or share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll talk to you soon.